Thank you for joining us and welcome back Beyond the Bandwagon. I am Elias and with me as always is Kyla. Hey guys. The season has finally arrived. This is week one. We have four previous episodes of this season, including our draft episode that went up today. This is Monday. We've been pushing out as much info as we can over the last few weeks to prepare you for your fantasy drafts. Today, we turn our eyes to week one. Finally, we've got injury updates. We've got good and bad matchups. We've also got some thoughts on some of the top players in fantasy last season and how we feel they'll do this season. But most of all, Kyla, we've got good vibes. We do. We've got good vibes. Fantasy football's back. It's finally real. It's week one. So let's get started with with, uh, some big names and our expectations for them in 2020. We have four players we just want to highlight super quick. Well, and of course, our first uh, star from last season that we're going to recap is Lamar Jackson, Elias' favorite guy. Why would we start with anyone else? Uh, so last season, he was amazing. We all know he was amazing. He carried your sorry-ass team to a championship, which <laughs> was amazing because your team was not that good outside of Lamar Jackson. That is false. <laughs> that uh, is blasphemy, actually. <laughs> it's not. It's true. He put up ridiculous numbers with 3,126 yards and 36 touchdowns through the air and added seven rushing touchdowns and 1,200 rushing yards on the ground, which is basically Ooh. a third run, like an extra running back on your team in your quarterback. It, it, it was amazing. He scored more points than anyone in fantasy last season, but he is surely to regress this year, right? There's no way he can keep up that level of production season after season and John Harbaugh could not continue to let him run like that can he like I mean the chances of him getting hurt if he continues to run like that are pretty high he's not that big of a guy he's kind of skinny like you can't just let him run all willy-nilly around the field all the time which (laughs) I say that but I said that all year last year I, I every week I was like they can't keep letting him run like this they can't keep letting him run like this and then they just did so maybe, maybe they will, but I just think he's not going to have the same season. I don't think he was worth a second round pick that Elias spent which on I did him. Last night. <laughs> which, I, which I did last night. Uh, we, yes, we've talked about <laughs> should not take quarterbacks that early, and I did it. Did not follow my own advice. You're totally right. I just think they're going to try to use the running backs more this year to run the ball, try to reduce the amount that they run him because you don't want him to end up like rg3 they've got mark ingram they've got gus edwards and now they added jk dobbins will he be a top five quarterback i think so probably i don't know it's it's hard to imagine he will be the same top fantasy scorer that we had last year I don't feel that he will have as high of a season as he did last year. I, th- I think they will try to take some carries away. As you said, they drafted J.K. Dobbins, and Dobbins will likely cut into Mark Ingram a little bit too. You saw Mark mm-hmm. Ingram wear down a little bit. The aggressiveness and the way that Baltimore runs their offense, I don't think they can sustain for you know five seasons or something, or even or even m- maybe two. Last year, especially early on with 
they lost that Chiefs game, but in that Chiefs game, they went for forward on fourth down like four times, something like that. Mm-hmm. There's just an aggressiveness in this attitude that we will run the ball whenever we want against whoever we want, wherever we want on the field. Yeah. And that that attitude is just not exactly sustainable in the NFL. I, I think Mark Ingram will wear down and we saw that. So Dobbins is in there now. He's there to take away some carries. With Lamar, though, I would I would like to make a couple of points. As you know, <laughs> I can talk about Lamar until the cows come home. I thought Baltimore last year, for, just from a football standpoint in general, was fascinating. Yeah, because they you're talking about how you can't run the ball as much, and they're going to have to throw right. Well, that's what makes the offense go. Mm-hmm. is him running the ball as much as he does because he isn't overly talented at, at throwing. I mean, he yeah. can, obviously. He threw for 36 touchdowns and only six INTs, but that is set up by that running game and the aggressiveness and throwing the ball on a second and short when you're just going to assume that they'd run. Yeah, It's all set up by... Lamar Jackson's ability to run the football. Yeah. If that's true. If he doesn't run, then you know, you drop everybody back and you force him to beat you with his arm, which with a lot of defenses, especially maybe a defense in their own division mm-hmm. this year, Pittsburgh, he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. So I think they have to continue to run him, maybe not as much as last year, but they have to do it because that's what that's what makes their team go. And yeah. The injury thing, you know, (laughs) so last year in the first round, I took Saquon Barkley, which, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody's patting me on the back. Good for good for you getting Saquon. He gets hurt. Yeah. Right. And was a non-factor on my fantasy team really until the fantasy playoffs. Mm -hmm. And if he was a factor before that, it was a negative factor. So (laughs) when you constantly hear about Jackson, you know, not taking hits and all that, it's the NFL. Literally anybody can get hurt. They and can, if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt. You know, CMC, McCaffrey is the top pick this year. And with all his usage, and all, he's not very big either. With all the hits that he takes, if anybody's going to get hurt, it sounds terrible, but it's probably Christian McCaffrey, right? That's, that's fair. That's all fair points. I, I'm so with you. So when you just look at the logic of it, um, I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to have Jackson on my team because he's just so much fun. And I wish him the best. And just when you have guys like him and Tebow that everybody just wants to crap on, it just makes me really, really want to root for them. Yeah. Um, I hear you. I don't want to crap on Lamar. I like Lamar. <laughs> I have a question for you, though. You said that he's wor- you're willing to take the risk. You have two other fantasy drafts today. I do. Are you going to take the risk again in those drafts and draft him in the second round? So full disclosure, uh, the one draft will be just like ours. I don't know if I will take that risk. It totally depends on my draft position and that and all that. Um, however, my other draft is the two quarterback league where our scoring is drastically different. And mm-hmm. my keeper player from last season is Lamar Jackson. Well, so I don't blame I, you there. Huh? I, I already have him. Yeah. Uh, the scoring is is way different in that league. Quarterbacks are just as important as the other uh, positions. So, you know, our first round, there's going to be 
you know, four quarterbacks, four RBs and and two receivers probably depending on who, who everybody's keepers are. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So I already have him in two out of my three leagues, so I might as well try and go for the trifecta like I did last year. Right. Uh, just one more quick point about Lamar. If you're thinking about drafting him, if he does stay healthy, obviously, as we're talking about come fantasy playoff time, this is who he plays. I just want to make this point. Week 14 at Cleveland week 15, they host the Jaguars. And then for the fantasy championship week 16, they host the Giants. That is a pretty easy schedule for the fantasy playoffs. Lamar will win leagues. You have to get there first and you if have to you get to the, the playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> yeah, and so maybe even if you're looking at that, think maybe I'll stash J.K. Dobbins. Maybe I will draft Mark Ingram and Dobbins and go that route. Or Andrews and Marquise Brown. But Ravens will win leagues because in week 15 and week 16, they play very, very poor defenses. That is so true. Keep, keep that in mind. It's never too early to look ahead. I am just a firm believer that you should not ever, and unless you're playing in a two quarterback league, I don't know how the scoring works there, so I can't speak to that, but you should never, ever take a quarterback that early. You're very disciplined and you need to be disciplined in, in fantasy drafts. You had a much better draft than I did last night. I'm I'm all with you. I did not stick to the game plan. I was not oh. disciplined. And hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me too much in my repeat bid. Well, according to Yahoo, you still had a better draft than me because you got a B plus and I got a B minus. So fuck those them. draft grades are so silly. <laughs> if you, if any of you out there play Yahoo and you're looking at your draft grade, you got a C or something. Forget that. Don't yeah. don't worry about it. Plenty <laughs> of time. Um, the next guy we want to highlight is also somebody you drafted last night, and I was right. very upset about this. Is <laughs> Derrick Henry? I love Derrick Henry this season. A lot of people are sleeping on Derrick Henry this year, but I love him. He led the league last year in carries, rushing yards, and rushing touchdowns. Everybody's big concern with Derrick Henry is that he is not involved in the passing game, which is true, but he was not involved in the passing game last year either, and he finishes the RB5 with 5.1 yards per carry, and he had a 75% catch rate when they did throw the ball to him. Ryan Tannehill has already praised how Henry is catching the ball more confidently. He's working on his pass-catching abilities. And it seems like to me they do want to get him more involved in the passing game. If that is the case and he does start getting more looks, he could finish even higher than the RB5. He's also pretty durable. So in his NFL career, he's missed two games in four seasons. And take it from me, who had Dalvin Cook last year, who was great to start the season. But, you know, come crunch time, end of the year, he just, his body just couldn't take it. And I was fucked. So I would much rather have somebody like Derrick Henry who is reliable. He's consistent. He gets a lot of carries. Tennessee wants to run the ball over somebody like Dalvin Cook. Yeah, uh, two points about Henry. One, um, you talk about him wearing down and that that always is the concern. But literally, for as long as he's played football, he has done exactly what he does now in the NFL just been the workhorse uh during my time in florida 
uh, Derek Henry is like a high school football god <laughs> in in Florida. Yeah, uh, he he went to Yulee High School and he still has r- records. I don't have the exact numbers, but in like the state championship game or one of the playoff games, he had like. 35 carries for 370 yards or just something wow. insane. And then at Alabama, he did the same thing. He's always the workhorse. I'm sure in high school, people thought, man, maybe don't, uh, maybe he'll wear down during the course of the season. <laughs> no, it's, it's Derrick Henry. You know, some people are just made of different material. Yeah. And yeah. Derrick Henry is one of those people. Um, yeah. I really so. wanted to draft him this year. And I was hoping, cause you asked me before the draft, if you should skip Henry and Kamara and take, yeah. Edwards Hilaire. And I was like, I gave you the same answer you gave me when I said something to you. You prepared. You'll be fine. <laughs> hoping that you would settle on taking Hilaire and I could take Henry. But maybe five years down the road, he'll wear down. Um, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Yeah. And uh, my second point was exactly the one that you just made during the draft. Uh, I had the number four pick. My choices, my my best choices were either. Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson or Lamar Jackson. No, no, <laughs> it was, it was Derrick Henry. It was Kamara and it was Hilaire. Uh, Kamara just, it seems like there's a little drama going on with him and he burned me a little bit last year. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at Hilaire and thought maybe I'll go with the rookie who I'm really high on. I love Andy Reed and you want to own Andy Reed's RB. Mm-hmm. Anytime I can work that into the pod, I'm going to, but <laughs> unless uh, it's um, Damian Williams. Yeah, except last season. Uh, so I went with Henry. He did seem like the most reliable choice. Yeah, I agree with you. That's why I wanted him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so sticking with the Titans, the next guy we want to highlight who ended the season incredibly was Ryan Tannehill. I ended up with him because I am really high on Tannehill. I do not know why he was ranked so low among quarterbacks this year. If we look only at the weeks that he started last season, he was the QB three in fantasy this year. I think it's possible. He plays at least at the same level he played at last season. He's now had training camp taking the first team reps, um, which he did not have last year. And he's had more time to develop chemistry with the receivers which has been a focus for him with John Smith and Corey Davis, because as we know, he already has great chemistry with A.J. Brown. You also have Derrick Henry, who draws a lot of attention from defenses and makes for good play action. He's got the ability to run the ball and extend plays. I'm just a big believer in Tannehill. I don't think he's going to regress much, if at all. I actually think he could be better this year just from having more experience and more time to develop that rapport with the receivers. Like I said, I don't see the game plan changing too much for the Titans offensively, other than possibly trying to get Derrick Henry more involved in the passing game, which will only serve to help Ryan Tannehill, in my opinion. I think if nobody drafted Ryan Tannehill in your league, you should go grab him off the waivers and stash him on your bench, depending on who you're starting. Maybe even start him. Well, he's playing Denver this week, so it's not a good matchup, but Grab him off the waivers, stash him before everybody else is trying to get him. Uh, I think he said it all last year. He only had six INTs in his 12 starts, or I guess his 12 games. I think he came in in relief of Mariota. That that might be one or two of the games. But anywho, uh, he had a great season. Very conservative with the ball. Not a lot of turnovers, 
but he still mm-hmm. pushed it downfield. A good combination of that. I think Tannehill, you could be looking at around 3,500 yards, hopefully about 25 touchdowns, something in that range. And hopefully the, you know, lack of turnovers continues as well. I, I do think the Titans, despite they have some tough divisional games, obviously not counting the Jaguars, but uh, I, I think Tannehill is going to have some wild fantasy games. He's going to have some games where he doesn't do as much either because they're just able to run the ball. Mm-hmm. But in certain matchups, he's he's going to be pretty fun to have. Yeah, I'm and, glad I got, I got drafted him in the 13th round, so I was pretty happy with that. Yeah, and that's tremendous value as well. We have uh, we have one more guy here to talk about in our recap of last season's <laughs> stars before we move on to some injury updates. And I am just going to let Kyla take the floor here, Dak Prescott. <laughs> I, of course, I love Dak Prescott. I mean, it's no surprise to anybody. And I get so sick of seeing people talk shit about Dak Prescott on Instagram. I I see that and I immediately assume you don't know shit about (laughs) football, at least. But whoever is the Cowboys quarterback gets so much shit talked about them. That is a tough position to be in in the NFL is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback because you could be the best quarterback in the world and everybody who's not a Cowboys fan would talk shit about you just because you're the Cowboys quarterback. Well, look at what Tony Romo got during his career. Tony Romo was awesome. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I love Tony Romo. <laughs> I'm a huge Romo person. I, um, anyway, I'll step down off my soapbox here, but Dak had a great season last year. He finishes the overall QB two in fantasy. He threw for 4,902 yards, which was the second most among quarterbacks, 30 touchdowns, which was the fourth most. And he has running ability because he had added another 277 yards on three, on three touchdowns, not on three touchdowns and three touchdowns mm-hmm. on the ground. I expect nothing less this year. He's playing in the same system that he played in last season, same offensive coordinator, and the offensive weapons have just been upgraded. So we have C.D. Lamb now instead of Rand, which I liked Randall Cobb, don't get me wrong. He was great. But I think C.D. Lamb is an improvement over Randall Cobb, and Blake Jarwin is definitely, at this point, more dynamic than Jason Witten. I love Jason Witten, don't get me wrong. He is one of my favorite players of all time. But... It's just facts at this point, but I, I could I could hear your heart break there. Like, <laughs> like, I could see like the shards coming out there as your heart broke as you had to say something bad about Jason Witten. I know I do love him, but I think Dak will finish in the top five at least, maybe even top two again. The offense is going to be explosive, so that's really it. Yeah, Dak has a very distinct chance to be the top. QB in in fantasy overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cowboys offense is going to be fun. They're keeping the same offensive coordinator from last season despite the coaching change. Hopefully Mike McCarthy doesn't make him regress. I don't I don't <laughs> see that happening. Yeah. But uh I I don't know. I just thought thought the Mike McCarthy hire was so bland, but he's very dependable too. We'll see. Yeah. No, I I don't mind the the hire of Mike McCarthy. We'll see how it goes. But I mean, as far as Dak goes, think of all the amazing fantasy years that Aaron Rodgers had under Mike McCarthy. So true. Yeah. Same offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, 
does yeah, like you said, just just added weapons, same system, should be good to go. Yeah. Um, so now fully turning to week one, we've got oh, some injury oh. updates. Uh, we're gonna start with a few people that were hurt last season. Seahawks, their RB situation. Currently, Chris Carson, who did get hurt last year, he declared himself fully recovered from last season's fractured hip. So I drafted him last night. Feel free to draft him at your leisure. He is fully healthy. Rashad Penny, however, not fully healthy. Tore his ACL in week 14 of last year. Reports say it's a little bit more than just an ACL tear. his, His knee got super bungled. Uh, he's on the pup list. The official backup for Carson, for those wondering, is actually Carlos Hyde, who had a great yeah. season uh, with the Texans last year. So hopefully Hyde doesn't take away too many carries from, from Carson. That is a bit of a worry for me, but not too worried about it quite yet. No. Uh, moving on to the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver, had Liz Frank surgery in December. He's working to return within the first six weeks. The Eagles are actively looking for trade partners for another receiver. Their receiving core was completely destroyed last year by injuries. They had Greg Ward Jr. Wasn't that the guy who was the quarterback at Houston that was starting at wide receiver for the Eagles in their in yeah, their I playoff so. game? A college <laughs> quarterback. That's that's pretty much where they were at by the end of the year. And you know, for you Carson Wentz people out there. Hopefully the receiver situation, Kyla, hopefully the uh, receiver situation gets a little better. They do have Deshaun Jackson. He's back this year. Who He was out all year last year, too. So he's got to stay healthy. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he and Wentz can stay healthy. Um, More injuries. This these are new injuries from the preseason. Paris Campbell, the wide receiver for Indianapolis. He did have a concussion. Um, he was in a minor car accident earlier this offseason, but is said to be a full go for week one. Debo Samuel, wide receiver for San Francisco, has a broken foot. He has been cleared to return to practice, but he's still questionable for week one. Miles Sanders, running back for Philadelphia, has a hamstring injury. He's questionable for week one. And then David Montgomery has a groin strain and he could miss or be limited in week one. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. It's also important to note really quick. This is Monday of week one. So make sure to keep an eye on your lineups. Um, Check them on Thursday morning to make sure these guys are playing. Just a quick reminder. Yeah, for sure. A lot of this could be changing. Uh, the, this next one, however, will not be changing. So th- no. this one is set in stone. Uh, Tyrell Williams, the receiver for the Raiders, torn labrum in his shoulder. It seemed like for a while they were, were reporting he was going to try and play through it, but he is mm-hmm. now officially out for the season. Uh, on the Lions, DeAndre Swift, the rookie RB, leg injury. His snaps are said that they're probably going to be limited to start the year. Uh, on Johnson would be the guy to own at least early. Also, the Lions signed Adrian Peterson. Yeah. So not sure what to make of that quite yet, but that's a situation <laughs> to monitor. That is a crowded backfield. Very crowded. Uh, speaking of crowded, Ronald Jones, <laughs> the RB in Tampa, he's got a foot, foot issue. Bruce Arians said he doesn't think it's anything serious. He currently does not have an injury designation, so he should be a full go this week. 
However, the Bucks signed Leonard Fournette. Yeah. And they also have Shady McCoy. <laughs> yeah. So another situation to monitor. I don't quite know what to make of that, all of that yet. We'll see how that shakes out. Yeah. Arians was saying that Jones is the guy. He's the guy to own, but you don't. Did he say that Leonard before Fournette. they right? Did he say that before they signed Leonard Fournette or after they after. signed Leonard Fournette? Wow. He, he said that after, uh, but you don't go and sign Fournette if you're happy about your backfield. I'd, right. He's clearly talented enough to be a starter, depending on what they're up to. Mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, he has fully recovered from a groin strain. Not worried allegedly. about Lamar. One, yeah, alleged. Well, my gosh, what if he's hurt? <laughs> he's not. He's not. Just a knife to the heart. <laughs> oh my gosh! And then uh, receiver for the Chargers, Mike Williams. This is uh, seems like it might be something that will linger for a while. He's got a shoulder injury. The Athletic reported the Chargers are preparing to be without Williams for all of September, but we'll see. As of now, he is questionable for Week One. He seems like he's always injured. I've never owned him on my fantasy team, but it seems like Mike Williams is always yeah. has some ailment. Yeah, the poor guy is always hurt. It really <laughs> just seems like every year. Yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz, as we already kind of mentioned, he is questionable with a soft tissue injury, but he's likely to play in week one. Richard Perryman, also questionable. He has missed over a week of practice with swelling in his knee. Without him, the Jets receiver situation is a wasteland. Jamison Crowder is also <laughs> questionable with a lower leg injury. So keep an eye on those guys. Devontae Parker is questionable. It's said to be just a minor injury, but they've given no timetable. I think he has missed several practices. Definitely something to monitor. Here's another guy on my fantasy team. This is not going well for me. <laughs> Uh, Kenyon Drake is questionable with a foot issue. He is close to returning to practice. His week one status is not yet in doubt, but if he misses time, Elias gets very lucky because Chase Edmonds is the backup to own just in case. We only, have two, <laughs> we only have two more here. Patriots Damian Harris could miss week one with a hand issue. And then lastly, Raquel Armstead is on the COVID-19 list. If, uh, you, the- uh, if you're wondering who that is, <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> when, I, when I first looked at this list, I was like, who is, who is that? I had to look it up. He is the, uh, or was the presumptive starting running back for the Jaguars after Fournette was let go. Yes. Uh, so Raquel Armstead, a... Uh, Name to know. Now, they apparently brought in Devontae Freeman for a visit, but he left without a contract. And here are a couple of other names that you probably don't know. (laughs) James Robinson and Divine Ozigbo are expected to share carries in in week one. Just wanted to point out that Robinson played at Illinois State and was a monster in FCS football. I did actually know who he was, but I didn't know he was on the Jaguars. I knew him from college. He's really, really talented. So if he somehow wound up as the starter this year, I'm just saying, I, I'm just throwing it out there. James Robinson is probably going to be pretty good. So just keep an eye on him for a very, very weak Jaguar squad. 
that is somebody Elias is going to be monitoring because he needs more running backs because he drafted Lamar Jackson <laughs> in the second round. <laughs> you you make a good point. If he has a good week one against the Colts, I'll go out and get James Robinson. Why oh, not? Yeah. I'm going to need all the help I can get. I'm glad you went into uh, the rest of that because I did not know how to say the other guy's name. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest, I'm not sure either, but Ozigbo, I believe it, it seems correct. So uh, I, I took that risk. <laughs> okay, now to the fun part. We're jumping into our good and bad matchups for the week. We'll start with the good matchups. I'll just go ahead and go first since I'm already talking. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Uh, my first good matchup, somebody I think you should start this week, Terry McLaurin at Philadelphia. The first couple of weeks of fantasy, trying to figure out who to play based on matchup for me is hard because all you have to go off of is what teams did last season. And especially this year with no preseason, it's it's hard. Sure, you can guess based on what they did in the offseason, but really, you'd never know how a team will perform until they actually start performing. Anyway, I like Terry McLaurin this year overall, and the matchup against the Eagles is a pretty good one. He had a great rookie season, despite being on one of the worst teams in the NFL. He finished with 93 catches for 919 yards and seven touchdowns. So that is a testament to him and how good he is, because like I said, the Washington football team was bad last year. The Eagles secondary gave up the fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position last season. Terry McLaurin had three 100-yard games, and two of those were against the Eagles with one score in both contests. In those games, he scored 25 and 26 points, respectively. Philadelphia did make some offseason moves and added Darius Slay to the secondary, and some people are hesitant to start McLaurin because of this, but... Detroit had Darius Lay last season, and they gave up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers. So if we look at Washington's game against Detroit last season, McLaurin finished that game with five receptions for 72 yards and 12.2 fantasy points. That's not an explosive performance by any means, but it is solid, and you could plug him into your wide receiver two or flex spot confidently. Yeah, in, in that game that you talked about, I believe Haskins last season was also the starting quarterback in that game. So, you know, he'll be the starting quarterback in this yeah. game, but he'll have some more experience. Uh, yeah, Slay was the only thing I was going to point out. But <laughs> Slay, I, I think that he should be able to get open plenty on Slay, especially just it seems like the Eagles are a little weak at the position after him. So maybe they put McLaurin in motion a little bit and try to find mm -hmm. ways to get him open because he's clearly the number one option yeah. in that passing game. Speaking of someone who maybe is clearly the number one option, at least the number <laughs> one option in my opinion, especially this week, and that is Michael Gallup, the wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys. He is my first start of the week, which I will be doing in my flex position, I believe. I was going to ask you, yeah. Michael Gallup is at the L.A. Rams for week one, Sunday night football. The Rams are a little weak at corner outside of Jalen Ramsey. Uh, my assumption would be that Ramsey will be locked onto Amari Cooper, freeing up Gallup for a big game. The Rams were middle of the road in allowing points to receivers last season, but now they have a new defensive coordinator. His name is Brandon Staley. And they lost Eric Weddle to retirement and nickel Roby Coleman to free agency. 
I just feel like the Cowboys will be able to move the ball. If I had to pick the best weapon on that offense this week, other than maybe Zeke, um, it would be Gallup. He's projected 15.22 points in our league. Cooper's projected 15.85. So he's, Cooper's still projected a little bit higher, but we were just talking about how Yahoo doesn't know what they're doing. So I think Gallup is a little bit of a better play. Obviously, if you have Cooper, start him as well. Yeah. But uh, I I think Gallup will have a big week. What I'm imagining, you know, third quarter. It's been a good game so far. A little play action to Zeke. Oh, that big 74-yard touchdown down the seam to Michael Gallup. I'm already yeah. imagining it. I'm, I'm letting my brain run wild yeah. with fantasy outcomes uh, for this <laughs> week. But in all seriousness, I think he's a great play. That is possible because the Cowboys come out in the third quarter. That's usually their best quarter of play is the third quarter. So See? See? <laughs> I don't have much to add here. We all know I love Michael Gallup. Like you said, the Rams are very weak outside of Jalen Ramsey, and he will likely see Amari Cooper. But something to keep in mind, if we see that Michael Gallup might be the number one option in Dallas, teams are obviously seeing that too. So at some point in the season, the defensive strategy of teams might change a little bit. He might start seeing their best corner. You know, you never know. We'll see. But this Maybe. week... Yeah. Maybe, but we saw last season Coop, Cooper's capable of taking over games as well. Yeah, so really pick your poison. And I yeah. think that's the point, you know? Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think Michael Gallup's going to have a great game. He's going to have a great season. He might be an every week start. He might not be able to be on this list after this week because he might just be a, a plug him in and forget it kind of guy. With the way my RB situation is, if I can have three wide receivers that I can start every week, two in the wide receiver spots, one in the flex, that is perfect. That is yeah. what I need. I think it's possible. Uh, my next guy that I want to highlight is Jimmy Garoppolo versus Arizona. This might be long-hanging fruit here, but Arizona gave up the most points to the quarterback position last season. They gave up four 30-plus point performances, and two of those were Jimmy Garoppolo. He tossed four touchdowns in both contests. The Cardinals spent the offseason trying to improve their defense. A lot of new faces here, but even if by the end of the season the defense is significantly improved, do we really think that in the first game of the year, with limited offseason activity, we've said multiple, multiple times, limited offseason activity, do we really think they're going to be that much improved in the first game? I don't, and I think it'll take some time, and at least in the first game, I think Garoppolo is a good play. I don't know if he was even drafted in our league, but if you're streaming the position, he's definitely a good plug-in guy this week. Yeah, as for the Arizona defense, if the Arizona offense is as good as we think it's going to be and they have quick strike ability, that just means the defense is going to be on the field a lot. Yeah. And it's not a very good defense, so a lot of... Arizona games could turn into track meets. So mm -hmm. I, I think Jimmy will have a good week as well. You know, it's not my intention to constantly talk about the Cowboys, really, because uh -huh. I am <laughs> not a Cowboys fan at all. <laughs> However, my second uh, start this week, my good matchup, is Tyler Higby, the tight end for the Rams against the Cowboys. The uh, Cowboys allowed the third most points to tight ends last season. And this year, they didn't really upgrade the safety position. They just got rid of Haha -Ha Clinton Dix. 
I think Higby could find a lot of open space in the middle of the field this week. He's a high upside guy for this season in general. He reached 84 yards in five straight games to conclude uh, the 2019 season. Just got a new contract, and the departure of Brandon Cooks will likely lead to more formations that benefit Higby. He is definitely a top 10 tight end play for, for week one. I think he's got a chance to reach top five if the Rams are behind and they're throwing a lot in the second half, which I kind of think that they will be. Mm-hmm. So I think Higby has a lot of potential this week. He's a must start. I understand the pick here and the logic. I wish I could argue with it, but I really, <laughs> I can't. I mean, Dallas was not great against the tight end position last season and Higby himself, himself, Higby himself scored 25 points against them in week 15 last year. Ooh. Yeah. So He's going to be a top target for Jared Goff all year. Like I said, I want to argue against this, but I really just don't have a good argument at this point. I do think that the Cowboys defense overall will be improved this season. Lane Vander S is back. He's healthy. They added Everson Griffin. They added Trayvon Diggs in the draft. But week one, again, it's a question mark how everyone will play as a team with limited offseason and no preseason. So, it may take some time to show that improvement in the defense. Speaking anyway. of guys that are always hurt, Sean Lee is on yeah. IR again. Is, is that poor guy ever going to be healthy either? Like I don't Sean think Lee so. Is, yeah, man, he is hurt every year, and he's really good when he's on the field. But He is so good. He just, I, for me, my personal opinion is he just plays so hard all the time. He just gets hurt <laughs> all the time. And it's like, you need yeah. to. You need to tone it back a little bit. You can still be good, but you got to take care of yourself. Um, luckily, there's some weird thing with IR this year, and he that's not a season-ending injury reserve. So I didn't like look into that, but I know he's only going to miss a few weeks, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure the exact amount of weeks, but he's not out the whole whole season. Yeah. Right. So back to what I was saying, I... If I had Higby, I would start him. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, right. We got some bad matchups now, too. Four guys that uh, we're not so high on. Yeah, my first guy is Odell Beckham at Baltimore. The Ravens defense is good. We know this. They finished as the fourth best overall defense and allowed the six fewest passing yards per game last season. They gave up the 14th fewest fantasy points per game to wide receivers. The defense overall is projected to be even better this year with some new additions. They added Calais Campbell and some injured players returning. I do not know why I can't talk this morning. You're doing great. (laughs) Odell struggled last year against Baltimore and never reached 50 yards in the two games that Cleveland played against them. He finished the first game with six receptions for 44 yards and one touchdown. The second with seven receptions for 20 yards. You know, the receptions will help you out if you're playing in PPR, if you're playing in standard league, that is terrible. I think Cleveland's offense overall will struggle in this game, and I don't think Odell is suddenly going to erupt in the first game of the season after struggling last year and having off-season sports hernia surgery. So I think he'll need some time to ramp up if he does it all, and Baltimore's defense is not the one to do it against. 
Yeah, in last season, you know, the Browns were the preseason darling, not only in fantasy, but just football overall. Elias was uh, very high on the Browns last year, if you remember. I I took them as a wild card. I did think they'd have a chance to make the postseason. The, the talent is there. We'll see if Baker Mayfield can progress. A lot of Odell's outlook is based on Baker Mayfield. I'd The Ravens should be able to swallow up big plays, even without Earl Thomas, who they just released. Well, uh, yeah, I'm not high on Browns receivers either. I am not targeting any of them in the draft. Yeah. So for my first bad matchup, I've got Jordan Howard, the running back for the Miami Dolphins. They are at New England. Let's start here. New England allowed just one rushing touchdown to RBs all of last season, and they gave up the fewest fantasy points to RBs overall. No matter how many people the Patriots lose in free agency or how many opt out due to COVID, the Pats will have a solid defense. As long as Belichick is there, that will be the case, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. As for Howard, I think it's wise to wait and see how the Dolphins' backfield situation shakes out. Also, game script will likely dictate his carries in this one as well. Miami is likely to be behind. So look for Matt Breida to be in the game more, as Howard has never been much much of a threat in the receiving game. Doesn't catch a lot of passes. So if he's not going to get any receiving yards, and he's not going to get any rushing yards, not a lot of upside to start Jordan Howard this week. He is a must-skip guy for me for week one. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add here. You pretty much covered it all. I mean... New England's defense was incredible last year. They did suffer a lot of losses in the offseason with people opting out. But like you said, they're still going to be tough. Miami's likely going to get down against New England. And yes, Matt Breida will probably be in the game more. I don't think either back is a good play this week, though. So I'd stay away from both of them. If you're in a tough spot, Breida is a much better start than Howard, though, for sure. Yes. I, my next guy, sticking with running backs, this is going to be no shocker to anybody if you've listened to the podcast up until this point. (laughs) Le'Veon Bell at Buffalo. We already know I am not high on Le'Veon Bell in general. He went in the third round of our draft last night, which was not a good decision. Yeah, way too high. (laughs) Um, So let's just start with Buffalo's defense. They are good. They gave up the 13th fewest fantasy points per game to the running back position last year. They gave up only 11 total touchdowns to the position all year, as we already talked about on our dislikes episode. Bell had plenty of volume last year, but a career low 3.2 yards per carry and only four touchdowns on the season. This year, I expect the volume to go down. I don't know how I forgot to even mention this before when I was talking about how much I hated Le'Veon Bell. But the Jets added Frank Gore, and they're trying to add Callan Ballage. Is that how you say his name? I believe so. Both of whom played for Adam Gase in the past. Gase has made it very clear how much he loves Frank Gore, and he likes a committee approach. So I would avoid this situation, especially in week one, to get more clarity on what the usage will be. But I look for Frank Gore to take to take some carries away from Le'Veon Bell because we know that Adam Gase does not like Le'Veon Bell. And if he could phase him out, he would probably be thrilled, which is not going to happen. But if he could do that, he would be thrilled. The Jets are just a mess in general. And 
the Bills have a great defense. They're going to circle the wagons. Mm-hmm. Uh, some some injuries at the receiver position as well for the Jets. I feel like they're going to run the football, and they're not going to be able to run the football. Could be a long week one for Jets fans in, in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, team's a mess. I don't see why that would change now. For <laughs> our uh, final bad matchup, somebody who I was able to draft last night as my backup quarterback and somebody who I'm really high on for the season but not high on for week one, and that is Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the New York Giants. They are playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Love Danny Dimes, hate him for week one. The Steelers allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to QBs last season, and that was with an offense that couldn't stay on the field. Uh, I feel like we should just say it again. Their quarterback for a lot of the season was named Duck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> The secondary and the pass rush for Pittsburgh are among the league's best. And even though the Giants worked really hard in the offseason to improve their offensive line, it's still not going to be strong enough to take on the Steelers' defense. Yeah. It's just going to be a tough, I guess, week one for New York in general with what we just talked about with the Jets (laughs) and now the Giants. But Yahoo has him projected as the 27th best quarterback play. Wow. Of the of the week. And that's with him being in, you know, the 10 to 15 range on all the rankings for quarterbacks for the season. So I think yeah. that just goes to show that people really, really do not believe in the Giants this week against Pittsburgh. I would spend your dimes another week. There there will be dimes. <laughs> they will be plentiful, but it will not be this week. Yeah, I agree. Pittsburgh's defense was very impressive last season. They gave up, on average, only 194 yards per game. Only two quarterbacks passed for 300 yards against them, and that was Tom Brady and Russell Wilson in weeks one and two, and only three quarterbacks had three touchdowns in a game last season against them. So I think the defense will be the same or better this year. I don't think they're going to be worse by any means, so I definitely agree He's a fade. If he's a 27th best play at the quarterback position, if you're in a 10 or 12 team league, you do not need to start him. There are other options out there that you can go with. Um, Just to recap really quick, the guys we highlighted, the guys we liked this week, Terry McLaurin at Philadelphia, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Arizona, and then Michael Gallup at Los Angeles Rams and Tyler Higby against Dallas. And the guys we don't like, Odell Beckham at Baltimore, Le'Veon Bell at Buffalo. Who else? Oh, Jordan Howard at New England and Daniel Jones versus Pittsburgh. And then, uh, yeah, we've got some quick hits as well. Uh, Some other guys that we would encourage you to start if you are so inclined and your roster uh, is looking that direction. Cam Newton. Cam Uh Newton. Uh, against Miami. That's a great Noah matchup. Fant, Noah Fant, my guy, against Tennessee. Uh, <laughs> Tennessee is a little weaker through the middle than they are on the outside, in my opinion. I think that'll open up a lot of room for Noah Fant. Dory Jackson and the cornerbacks in Tennessee are pretty good. So <laughs> Noah Fant, the tight end for Denver, I think I think he's a good play. Then we've got pretty good, pretty good. (laughs) Then we've got Boston Scott, uh, the backup RB for Philadelphia. This is provided that Miles Sanders, his situation is, is, you know, bleak by next Sunday. 
I guess this Sunday rather. Yeah. Then uh, David Johnson at Kansas City, the new running back that Kyla loves for the Houston Texans. And Deontay Johnson at the New York Giants. Yes, and some guys we do not like. We already kind of briefly mentioned this. Ryan Tannehill at Denver. That is not a good matchup for him. I would not play him this week. Mike Gesicki at New England. Leonard Fournette at New Orleans. A.J. Green versus the Chargers. And then Sterling Shepard versus the Steelers. And for a little fun, (laughs) our game of the week. We do a game of the week with uh, pretty much every podcast from here on out the rest of the year and until we get to maybe our recap. So game of the week, first one, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay at <laughs> New Orleans. I first thought you like made a mistake when you said that. I was nope. about to make fun of you. <laughs> nope, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa <laughs> at New Orleans. Big divisional matchup to get the season started. Tom Brady at Drew Brees. If only the Superdome was full of fans and they could all scream at Tom Brady, that would make this a lot better. But it's still going to be super fun. Yeah, I'm so excited to watch this game and see how this Tampa Bay offense performs. They are stacked. I mean, if you look at it on paper, they're stacked. As we know, they have Tom Brady this year. They got Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones, Rob Gronkowski. The list just goes on and on. I have other people listed here, but I decided it was getting too long. (laughs) (laughs) uh one question mark is the offensive line play they gave up 40 sacks last season but brady's going to be able to get rid of the ball quicker than Jameis winston was so i do look for those numbers to go down the defense is nothing to scoff at that is for sure the front seven can be dominant teams will struggle to run on this defense they gave up the fewest rushing yards all season and we're top 10 in rushing touchdowns allowed. Last season, the secondary was the weakness. They gave up the third most passing yards of any team and the most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. I think they'll be improved this season, but I do look for them to struggle against Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. New Orleans defense is a similar story. High-powered offense between or behind Breeze, Kamara, and Thomas here. The defense... Is pretty similar, and then they, they can really stifle the run game. They gave up the fourth fewest rushing yards and six fewest fantasy points to running backs last season. And similar to Tampa Bay, the secondary was not as good as the run defense, falling in the bottom half of the pack against the pass and giving up the fifth most fantasy points per game to the wide receivers. So I think both teams are going to come out swinging on offense. I feel like both quarterbacks maybe have a little chip on their shoulder, feeling like they got something to prove. They're both in their 40s. They want to show they still got it. They're going to attack the secondaries. I look for both run games to struggle, but New Orleans will be able to get Kamara involved in the passing game. I think this will be a high-scoring game with big games from all the passing game guys. Thomas, Godwin, Evans, maybe even Emmanuel Sanders. I think Brady and Breeze are probably going to have good games. They're going to be able to get Kamara involved in the passing game, like I said, so I think he's going to be fine. The Tampa Bay running backs, though, no. I wouldn't play any (laughs) of those guys. We have no idea how they're going to split the carries, so I would not trust any of them yet. 
I do think one of them will probably rise to the occasion, but it may be a few weeks before we know who that is. So I was still steer clear of those. I think, you know, when I was like researching this and, you know, preparing, I think I thought Tampa Bay was going to win when and Tom Brady get his first win as a bug. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm kind of questioning it because they ha- they've had no preseason games. So Drew Brees is comfortable in this offense. This is the offense he's been playing in. Tom Brady's in a new offense, even though they have great weapons. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know who's going to win. What do you think? Well, if I had to pick who is going to win, I would go with New Orleans. They are yeah. at home. I don't know. That's going to be really interesting this season, just when picking games and everything. Like, I'm going to pick them, and it's like, oh, this team's at home. But does yeah. that really matter? Right. You know, and it hasn't really mattered in other sports thus far. Um, so the the crowd factor is, is going to be part of it. I think, you know, you're going to be able to hear, or Tom Brady's going to, you know, going to be able to do all the calls and all that like he's at home, I presume. Yeah. But, uh I would still take the Saints. Tampa Bay gave up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses last year, but that's because of Jameis Winston. So they're going to be a lot better on offense. And then I really like Todd Bowles. I think he's a a great defensive coordinator, which is why I'm a little bit higher on Tampa Bay, I feel like, than some other people, just because there's a lot of professional... I don't even know how to say it. I guess just a lot of professionalism all throughout whether it be Bruce Arians or Todd Bowles or Tom Brady, who's been around forever. Mm-hmm. I just think there's a lot of good leadership on that team. And then New Orleans gave up the fewest fantasy points to team defenses. So obviously their offense is great throughout the board. Uh, I'm the same as you. I wouldn't, I would start really everybody except for the Tampa Bay RBs. And then I would wait a week on, a, on Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. I think he is not great fantasy-wise. I don't think he's a strong play for for fantasy football, but I think he's great for their offense. Mm -hmm. I think he opens up more room for Michael Thomas, even if that's possible. Does it even matter, though? Like, last year, everybody knew the ball was going to go to Michael Thomas, and they couldn't stop it. Like, it didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah, but at least Sanders gives them some sort of other threat. And I I think... That opens it up more for Kamara in the passing game as well. Mm-hmm. I'm I I like it. I I think this game is going to be really fun. I can't. Yeah. I'm just so happy the football's back. <laughs> Me too. Uh, I I will also take New Orleans in a high scoring game. Maybe a late field goal. Maybe a uh, maybe a weird score. Maybe like a 34-33, something goofy. Maybe yeah. Tampa. You know they shoot an extra point wide at some point. And uh, New Orleans drives down some Drew Brees to Michael Thomas in the final minute. I'll take New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be good. I, when I was researching this, I was like, man, I just cannot wait to watch this game. It's going to be so fun. So now we are just going to go over our starting lineups for the week. Yep. My starting lineup, as of right now, like we said, it is Monday. So. I'm very indecisive when it comes to my starting lineup. It might change. 
My quarterback right now, Carson Wentz at Washington, which is a great matchup. So I will most likely go with him for sure. Wide receivers, Allen Robinson at Detroit, Kenny Galladay versus Chicago. My RVs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire versus Houston. Kenyon Drake at San Francisco, which is not a good matchup, but you know, I have to play him anyway. Tight end Hayden Hurst versus Seattle. Right now in my flex, I have Todd Gurley versus Seattle. My kicker, Zane Gonzalez. Defense, Indianapolis, Jacksonville. On my bench, though, I feel like I have several options I could put in my in my flex. If I choose to, I have A.J. Brown at Denver, which isn't a great matchup because Denver's defense is good. Cam Akers versus Dallas. I probably will not put him in. I'll give him a couple of weeks to see how how things shake out there. Mm-hmm. Marquise Brown versus Cleveland. I could put in my flex. But then I have Mike Jasicki, who I'm not going to play, and then Ryan Tannehill at Denver. Again, not going to play him. It's not a good matchup. So I have three, two other options I could put in my flex if I choose to. We'll see. I've got a feeling in a few weeks you're going to really like Hollywood Brown. <laughs> I don't disagree. I don't disagree. Just just my prediction. Uh, I'm going to have so of... many great options that it's going to be so hard to decide who to play each oh. week. <laughs> oh, what a what a pain. What a problem to have. I feel bad for you. So my starting lineup, quarterback Lamar Jackson versus Cleveland. Starting receivers, Chris Godwin at New Orleans, Calvin Ridley, they are hosting Seattle. And in my flex, Michael Gallup. Starting RBs, Derek Henry. The Titans are at Denver, Chris Carson at Atlanta. And more Ravens, Mark Andrews also against Cleveland. Uh, I do have a couple of good potential options, but I really like Gallup and Ridley. I'm not going to take them out. Tyler Boyd and Deontay Johnson could I Obviously, Johnson was part of our good matchups. I think you'll have a good week. Tyler Boyd is facing a pretty tough secondary in the Chargers, mm-hmm. but I think he's probably still their top option. I've uh, got a few backup RBs on my team that I'm not going to play. <laughs> and then Antonio Gibson, the presumptive starting running back for the Washington football team. We'll see how he goes this week. If it turns out he's not very good, I might be going to the waiver wire real quick for some running back help. We'll see what's out there. Maybe my guy from uh, Jacksonville, James Robinson. As we illustrated in our draft episode, I did not draft a kicker. So one (laughs) of my backup guys is going to have to go before Sunday, likely going to be Brian Hill. Yeah, I think Chase Edmonds has higher upside if anyone is going to get hurt. As we talked about Brian Hill, despite maybe becoming the starter, if Gurley gets hurt or, you know, his arthritis continues to nag him, he didn't really do much with his chances last year. And even if Gurley's out, he probably is going to be part of a timeshare Hill and Edo Smith. So Hill's probably the guy that I'm going to wind up dropping so I can have a kicker for this week. (laughs) But but I just wanted to draft as many RBs as I could late in the draft just to see what would happen this week. And I'm probably not going to change anything in my lineup until Saturday night. 
and uh, the Denver defense, Denver defense against Tennessee, another situation with Denver where they have a tough schedule. So despite some really good plays, they also play Tampa Bay this year, New Orleans, Pittsburgh. There's going to be, well, and obviously the Chiefs twice. So there are going to be some times where I'm going to want to maybe pick up a different defense and stream. A lot of options. We'll see where we go. But uh, as of now, I am projected to win against someone else who also does not have a kicker. <laughs> I am I am playing Tom this week. Uh, my projection right now is sitting at 129 to 118. So hopefully I can be sitting around almost 140 when I pick up that kicker. I am excited for week one. Yeah, I am not projected to win, but I think I'm still going to pull it out. We'll see. <laughs> you have a tough matchup. Your matchup is a lot tougher than mine. It is. So that's all for our week one show. We are so excited to finally be getting into the season. We want to wish everyone luck in their first matchup of the year. If you like the show, please remember to subscribe and give us a review. You should head over to Instagram and Twitter and find us at BTBW Podcast. You will find our top weekly waiver wire ads there, and you can ask us weekly start sick questions. Again, good luck, everybody. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening. We will see you next Thursday. Have fun.